Welcome to the latest episode of Comic Book Physics, released through Bureau 42. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. As we have been and will continue to do until May of 2016, this episode is going to be based on the contents of this month's unofficial 75 Greatest Marvels Countdown podcast. Now, this week, that podcast is releasing a look at the Jim Steranko run on Nick Fury. So this podcast is going to focus in particular on issue 156. Now, the Steranka run on Nick Fury was very much a James Bond-style story. And like James Bond, Nick Fury ends up with some fancy gadgets. Now, some of these are Hydras. Some of these aren't ones that we've seen Fury handle. Some of them are ones that Jasper Sitwell has. But they're all established in the story. The first two items are items that are introduced by Jasper Sitwell. So on page four, we've got Sitwell giving a briefing to Gabriel Jones and Dum Dum Duggan about the latest trio of Ultra devices created by the Shield Technos in the interest of peace. First is the Spy Ray Lens. These are goggles that focus charged Röntgen rays which permeate obstacles to allow the wearer a semi-transparent view of the interior. The depth penetration is controlled on the headpiece, and the energy is supplied by a power pack worn on the arm. So let's deal with that one first. Now, Röntgen rays are actual rays in nature. They are named after Wilhelm Röntgen, although they are more commonly known by the name he gave them, X-rays. So can X-rays be used to see through materials? They can. Now we've seen X-rays of the body. We know that it's not like a photographic representation as it's often shown with Superman's X-ray vision or with the materials through the wall that Sue was looking at in this issue, although his arm does show the skeletal structure that we typically see in X-rays. And in this one, Sitwell talks about variable depth penetration. So in effect, Röntgen rays or X-rays are just high-energy photons. There's a whole energy spectrum for electromagnetic radiation. At the low energy end, we've got radio waves. That bumps up to microwaves, then infrared, visible, ultraviolet, X-ray, or Röntgen ray, gamma ray, and cosmic ray. The higher the energy, the greater the penetration. But it also means that it's more likely to make things appear transparent and you're not going to see what you want to see behind it. So just as X-rays can penetrate soft tissues more easily than bone, allowing us to see our skeletons, if we were to try and irradiate our arms with high-energy gamma or cosmic rays and look at them, we wouldn't see bones because those higher-energy rays would just go through everything. Now, the sticking point here that jumps out first is when he describes them as charged Röntgen rays. X-rays and photons in general cannot carry virtually any charge. Generally speaking, when we just say charge, we mean electric charge, and photons cannot carry electrical charges. They mediate the electromagnetic force. So two electrical charged particles attract or repel each other through the exchange of photons that are either high energy and low lifetime or high lifetime and low energy, but in any event have limited range in time so as to fit within the confines of the Heisenberg uncertainty principle, thus allowing themselves to escape without detection. It's a little complicated, but that's the way all forces work. The Heisenberg uncertainty principle says that there's a limit on how accurately we can measure both energy and time simultaneously. So if you want to create something out of nothing, conservation of energy says you can't do it. But the way forces in nature actually work is that the universe creates these particles or this energy out of nothing, provided that the lifetime is less than the time we'd be able to measure. So if it's within the confines of the Heisenberg uncertainty principle, the universe can cheat left, right, and center, and we'll never be able to catch it. That's how momentum is exchanged in forces, by creating these virtual particles and sending them back and forth. But the strong nuclear force is the only one of the four forces in nature in which the force-mediating particles are also charged with the force. 
So photons mediate the electromagnetic force. They do not have an electromagnetic charge. Gravitons mediate the gravitational force. They have no gravitational charge. W and Z bosons mediate the weak nuclear force. They have no weak nuclear charge. So the gluons for the strong nuclear force are the only ones that have the strong nuclear charge. So photons have no electrical charge. They have no weak nuclear force charge. They have no strong nuclear force charge. They don't have mass, which is the gravitational equivalent of a charge, although they do carry energy, so they do experience gravity. But still, it's not in any way that they can be charged. They merely exist or they don't. Furthermore, you know, x-rays don't make things transparent. They pass through things in an absorbed or are not, which can give you some idea about the structure of something if it's made of materials that both absorb and do not absorb x-rays, just like our soft flesh does not, our bones do. That said, the problem is that in order to work with x-rays, you need two components. You need the transmitter and you need the receiver, right? If you go to the dentist and they stick the plates between your teeth, either the photographic plates to be developed later or just the electrical sensors, you still need to have the x-ray emitter at one point and then the sensor at another with the materials being studied in between. These glasses don't have that. They simply have the broadcaster. They don't have the receiver. So as much as it's a neat idea, it does not work the way it's depicted. Now the second tech that they pull out looks just like a coin, but it contains an incendiary disc. So it looks like a quarter, but if you hit it with a hard enough impact, you get a blinding flare. Now this is entirely possible. There are existing chemical reactions which can produce blinding flares with few enough source materials that they actually would fit in an object the size of a coin. So that, no problems whatsoever. As far as I could tell, these things are not only real today, but they were probably real when this issue was published. Now, the last one is a capsule that Sitwell swallows that gives him, quote, absolute transparency for 60 seconds. It's an invisibility pill. This has a few issues with it. Number one, he's not behaving like he's blind. If the entire body is transparent, then that includes the retinas. We see because retinas are not transparent. Light hits them and is captured by the retinas. So if someone goes completely transparent, they are also completely blind. When H.G. Wells wrote The Invisible Man, he made a point to dealing with this. The first time The Invisible Man not only figured out the different compounds to make each individual tissue invisible, but he also realized that first that he was blind. So in that source material, which is still the one that does it best, he makes a point of saying that the retinas are only semi-transparent. And if you know what you're looking for, people who are looking for the invisible man can spot him because of those retinas. And that the world seems dim to him because they're partially transparent, so they're only capturing part of the light that they're used to capturing. He does tend to ignore the fact that the lenses would also be transparent, and if they are completely transparent with a low index of refraction, closer to one, lenses wouldn't work and you'd have a hard time focusing on anything. So the optics of the eye don't really work if the sides of the eye and the corneas are now transparent as well as simply the pupil. The eyes are designed so that the light coming into the retina comes in through the pupil and the pupil alone. Even beyond that, how could you be absolutely transparent for 60 seconds through something you've digested? Well, if you digest it, first your digestive system has to break down the container. Then it has to diffuse through the digestive juices and out into the bloodstream and then the bloodstream has to carry it through the body. Now, from what I can find online, it takes on average 60 seconds for something to be distributed through the body, because it takes about 60 seconds for blood to do a full circuit. So if things are distributed from the same point in the digestive system, the materials at that point are going to start turning transparent immediately, but it's going to take 60 seconds for those materials to do a complete loop and then make the tail end of the loop transparent. 
So it wouldn't make the whole body transparent at once for 60 seconds. You'd actually see a time-lapse effect where sections of the body are transparent at different points for 60 seconds. So part of the body is just reappearing when the end of it is disappearing or close to it, while all the internal organs and everything are very clear for a small portion of time. Now that said, we are on the verge of practical invisibility. People have managed to create invisibility cloaks. So in effect, what they are doing is surrounding people with both cameras and TV screens. And if a photon of light comes in with a particular energy or a particular frequency at a particular angle, the coat absorbs that photon, registers which direction it's coming from, and what color or frequency it is, works out the geometry to say where that photon would have come out the other side of the cloak if the cloak wasn't there to capture it, and broadcasts a photon with that same frequency in that same direction. So to the outside observer, there's no difference between the light that's naturally falling on the retinas and the light that's being broadcast by the cloak. So for all practical purposes, they are invisible, provided that the computational ray can keep up with the way that the cloak bends and works, and provided that the power supply is maintained. So they're not terribly practical for something like spy work, but they are getting closer and closer to being an actual reality. So those are the three pieces of tech that Sitwell demonstrates as something that the Shield Technos have developed for them. The last piece I want to work on from this issue comes from the final pages when Baron Wolfgang von Strucker sentences Nick Fury to death by particle ray exposure, specifically alpha particle exposure. Now, you'll often hear about the dangers of radiation. There are different types of radiation. The ones that are dangerous are the ones called ionizing radiation. We talked about these a little bit when we talked about mutations, but if it's been too long to clearly remember, or if you haven't heard that episode, here's a quick recap. In order to damage tissues, you've got to warp them or do something to change the molecular structure in the proteins. The way radiation works is that ionizing radiation strikes them and forces the molecules to eject electrons. They've got enough energy to do that, which warps the shape of the molecule, changes the chemistry of how it reacts around it, and can potentially cause enough damage to the DNA to create cancerous cells or severe burns. Alpha particles are among the first three types of ionizing radiation that were discovered, along with beta and gamma. But alpha particles have very little energy, and generally speaking, do very little damage. Of ionizing radiations, they have the lowest energy, which is how they got their name. They were actually named in order of energy. So alpha had the lowest, beta had the second lowest, and gamma had the highest of the three known at the time. As we said before, cosmic rays have more energy than gamma rays, but of those first three identified, gamma was the highest, and they were naturally occurring radiations from nuclear decay. We now understand that alpha particles themselves are helium nuclei, two protons and two neutrons in a bound state. So they do have a charge of double the elementary charge or double the charge on the proton, but naturally occurring alpha particles tend to have very low energy to the point where they will not only be stopped by skin, they can be stopped by a piece of paper that you stick out in front of the skin. So while they can technically be ionizing radiation, naturally occurring alpha particles generally don't do that. They don't have enough energy to cause the damage. Now, when we're talking about a weapon that Hydra uses to perform a death sentence, it's entirely plausible that they have cranked up the energy levels of these devices enough to cause that permanent damage and to make it worth their while. And it would most likely be a slow and very painful death if that's the way they were doing it. But it is certainly possible. In fact, 
Facilities like Triumph, the Tri-University Mason factory in southwest Canada, are using alpha rays for similar medical purposes. They're not designed to damage healthy tissue, but Triumph will often use very tightly contained alpha ray beams to help fight specific kinds of eye cancer. The alpha particles penetrate the eye through the pupil, are aimed directly at the tumor, and come in with enough energy to damage the cells of the tumor itself, but not the rest of the tissue. So it's a treatment that's only possible when you're dealing with tumors that are visible through line of sight, either through the pupil or on the skin, although they are much more successful with eye cancers than with skin cancers. But it is something that is definitely a real science. So this is one where, yeah, the comics are going to get a pass. This is something that they can do. So there we have the four technologies that showed up in the Super Spy issue of Strange Tales 156 during the Jim Starenko run on Nick Fury. We've got the charged Röntgen rays, aka X-ray goggles, that don't work in terms of charging the Röntgen rays or in terms of seeing through materials as though you're looking at a photograph without a receptor on the other end and without any sort of translation between sensor or film or anything like that. Now, the invisibility doesn't work in pill form, but it can get a pass if it were a cloak form. The blinding flash of the incendiary device is a definite pass, and the death by alpha particle exposure also gets a pass. It's entirely reasonable to assume that Hydra has the resources to make an alpha particle ray that powerful. So of the four here, we've got two passes and one kind of borderline that doesn't work as depicted here, although the same results could be achieved by other means. So that's what we have for this month's comic book physics. Join us again on the last Wednesday of every month as we take a look at the different comic book physics that we are seeing at this point in the corresponding issues of the unofficial 75 Greatest Marvels Countdown. Now, in the case of the October edition, we're going to be drawing some sort of inspiration from the X-Men Fatal Attraction storyline. So please join us in a month for that one. You can rate the show on iTunes or on Stitcher. The feedback about which podcast is going to continue and which one is going to go on hiatus has been received, and the official announcement will be released tomorrow through all feeds, just as the request for feedback was. You can rate this and any other shows through iTunes and Stitcher, which I believe I mentioned. And finally, thank you for listening.